everybody, and welcome to Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and today we are taking a trip back to our youth, because this week we are talking about the episode Preschool. Uh, before I get into the episode, I, I, I'll be honest, I was thinking at first, when I knew this episode was going to come, that I was wondering if I should invite one of my friends that I've known since preschool um, to be on the show and do this review with me of, of this week's episode. Ultimately, I decided against it only because I'm not really sure if any of my friends are into South Park and if they were or if they did, uh, would they want to watch this episode? Uh, it's not that, you know, would they want to be with me? I think they would want to be with, you know, or hang, you know, talk with me because we haven't seen each other in a long time. But I think that maybe doing this show would be a little bit questionable. And honestly, I don't blame them. But I think this is still going to be a fun episode to talk about because... Um, I can say very happily, after, gosh, 30 years of my life, I'm still friends with a lot of the kids that I went to preschool with. Uh, some, you know, I knew over time, you know, because I was involved in sports, and they were as well. So, uh, I just wanted to give, real briefly, a shout-out to my homies, my, my homeboys, my homegirls uh, from St. Mark's uh, and my preschool teachers who may or may not be listening to this week's episode. I'm not really sure, but um, let's dive into it. Let's get into this week's episode. It is entitled Preschool. Uh, this episode originally aired on November the 10th, 2004. And was written and directed by Trey Parker. Now, our episode begins at the school right away. And we see Stan, and he's very scared. Like, he is terrified. So he gets Kyle and Kenny, and he tells them the news that this boy by the name of Trent Boyette is getting released early from Juvenile Hall, and he's got parole. Because, you know, that that's what happens. I'll, we'll talk about, or I'll talk about what happened, you know, how we got to this point in a little bit. So Cartman passes by, and they tell Cartman the news that Trent Boyette is getting released from Juvie. And Cartman at first is like, oh, that Trent Boyette, okay. And then he realizes what it is, and, you know, it's like they're all realizing, you know, this is the meanest kid we've ever dealt with in our lives like this kid is the epitome of evil in their mind and then butters runs over and he's like oh my god is it true is it true trent boyette is getting released from juvie and it, it you know he finds out it is and you know he tries you know he's running out of there so after they talk about you know, what could happen, we go into this flashback to see how everything came to be. 
So we go to the preschool, and we have our main guys, Stan, Kyle, Cartman, and Kenny. They're hanging out in, you know, just like they are now in fourth grade. And Stan wants to play a game of Fireman, where, you know, they get to be the heroes. So they're trying to figure out, well, okay, we want to play Fireman, but, you know, how are we going to put a real fire out? So they know that this kid named Trent Boyette can start a fire. So they're thinking about asking him, and then we see Trent, he has a hammer, and he's hitting another student with a hammer on his hand. I, I don't know how this kid got a hammer, but that's another story. So they go to Trent, and you know they ask him if they could you know if he could start a fire. And he asked them, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll put it out. So Trent takes a piece of paper, blows it up, puts it on the floor, and he lights a match, and it starts to go on fire. Well, the boys, this is, you know, well, this is preschool, so this is understandable. They're going to put the fire out by peeing out the fire. Well, it doesn't quite work that way as a matter of fact the fire gets worse so the preschool teacher whose name is miss claridge comes in and she knows or she assumes that it is trent who started this fire and trent is like no the, the these guys they wanted me to start this fire so Miss Claridge grabs a towel and she tries to put the fire out, but the fire gets so big that she ends up getting burned. So Cartman, little Cartman, he goes over and he tries to put the fire out by peeing on her, which obviously doesn't really work. So we see Miss Claridge, she gets taken to the hospital. Meanwhile, we have the guys they're you know they're fearful of what's going to happen and the police come and they ask the boys you know did you start the fire trent said that you guys did or did you have the idea of starting the fire and they're like no no sir no they he did it he did it so because of this trent ends up getting sent to juvenile hall now, Butters is involved in this because at first he wanted to play with the guys, but they wouldn't let him. And then Trent, as he's about to go in the car, asks Butters to help him clear his name, clear you know his innocence, but Butters won't do it for fear that he'll be grounded. So now they realize, okay, we have this problem. So now we go to the juvenile hall, and we see Trent Boyette. He is a blonde-haired boy, sleeves cut off. He's got two tattoos. I, I, You could go however you wanted. And he gets his stuff. And apparently the stuff he had when he uh, went to jail was a pack of crayons, a marble, blue. Um, and he had a switchblade. Because, yeah. That's what preschool students carry, are switchblades. So, one of the juvenile officers asks him, what is he going to do once he gets out? And he's like, 
I got unfinished business. So we see Butters. He's in his room. He's hiding in the dark. And his parents check on him. And basically the dad. It's more of the dad than the mom. The dad wants Butters to go and play outside. Because he can't stay inside forever. He's not going to hide inside forever. He's got to go outside and play and butters is like no i don't you know no i don't want to go i don't want to go and he, but he doesn't tell why which proves to be a mistake so butters gets sent outside and he starts dancing and he does an interpretation of the hokey pokey um which is a little weird and then he turns around and he sees trent and butters is scared to death He's like, hi, hi, Trent. How you doing? So Butters is screaming to be let back in. And at first, you know, Butters' mom was like, oh, I should let him come back in. And the dad's like, no, no, he needs, you know, he needs to learn that he can't stay inside forever. And then the mom has one of these great lines. It's like, oh, I just can't stand the sound of hearing Butters screaming like that. I'm going to go into my room. Well, that's a big mistake. So Trent gives Butters five seconds, like a five-second head start before he is going to kick his ass. So he gets to three, and that's where it cuts off because we go to Hell's Pass Hospital, and we see Butters. He's hooked up. He's got, you know, he's got a machine that's helping him breathe, and the parents can't believe what has happened. Um, you know, they're shocked. They, you know, they should have heard what Butters was saying. So the guys came over, and they know what's happened. So Butters got damaged pretty bad. He got Indian sunburns. He got a couple twitty titty twisters. Uh, he got his head in the toilet. He got a swirly there, among many other injuries. So now the boys are like, oh, man, what are we going to do? You know, how, how are we going to prevent all this from happening? And Stan is like, we need to get some protection. And Karma's like, we don't need any condoms. And Karma's like, oh, not, not that kind of protection. So Stan comes up with an idea of we need to get the 6th graders. The 6th graders are the toughest kids in school. They'll protect us. So they do go to the 6th graders. And they try to offer the 6th graders, I think, a pretty respectable deal for protection. Considering they're 4th graders. So the original offer is a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper. uh, Shoots and ladders. Only been played three times. Harry Potter 2 on DVD. And a coupon to Red Robin. I think the one that surprises me the most is the Harry Potter DVD. Because when I reviewed the Lord of the Rings episode, which was, I believe it was two seasons ago now that I'm thinking of it. And they see the kids playing Harry Potter, you know, Cartman makes fun of them. And now, two years later, Cartman is offering a Harry Potter DVD as, per, you know, as a buy of protection 
for, uh, you know, to get to be saved, basically. So the sixth graders reject the offer. They want something better. Then they realize that Stan Marsh is there. So what they want is a picture of Stan's mom's boobs. Yeah, she's got great boobs. Massive boobs. So, at first, Stan rejects the deal, but Kyle takes it. Because, well, what are you going to have if the 6th graders aren't going to protect you? So that's the deal. That is the deal. Meanwhile, we see Miss Claridge. Hey, Miss Claridge is moving around in a motorized... It's a very strange... It's like a motorized wheelchair. But she's like in this box. Um, so there's this thing where to communicate with her, if you ask her a question, if she beeps once, that's yes. If she beeps twice, that means no. So remember that for the end of this review. Remember that for the end of the review. So, Miss Claridge, she's trying to cross the street. Um, somebody asks her for help, but she doesn't want it. Well, that's a big mistake. Because her battery runs out. She is out of power. So, Miss Claridge is now stuck in the middle of the crosswalk. Oh, boy. So now we go to Kyle's house, and Sheila opens the door, and oh my god, it's Trent. Well, Sheila does not put two and two together. So Trent is there, and he's like, can Kyle come out and play? And Sheila's like, oh no, she, he can't come. He's with his friends right now. Thank you, ma'am. So and we'll see where that goes from there. So now... The boys are trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get a picture of Stan's mom's boobs? Boobs. So, so Cartman puts on a wig. So he is pretending to be Stan's mom. So, you know, they're practicing how to ask this. So Stan's like, hey, um, mom, can we take a picture of your breath, of your boobs? And Kyle's like, or Carver's like, no. You know how you should do it? You should go like, but mean. And Stan does a bad attempt. He's like, but mom, but mean. So now they can't figure out how to do this. Kyle has the idea of why don't you take a picture of your mom while, you know, she's getting undressed in the closet. Stan's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Kenny's like, yeah, I'll do it. So then they're like, okay, well, how are we going to take a picture of something that is very, you know, two piece, you know, two very squishy things? And then they come up with a wonderful idea. Take a picture of Cartman's ass. So how do they do this, you say? Well, they take a Sharpie. They put dots on the Sharpie, or, or they put dots on Cartman's ass. And you're wondering how in the, you know, how are they figuring this out? You know, where to, where to put this? Well, let me tell you how, folks. 
they use Madonna's early 1990s book, Sex. That is how they use... Um, that's how they that's how they figured this out. So using the Madonna book, which I have no idea how why they even got a copy of this. I, I I'm very interested to know about that. Um, they managed to take a picture and. They put a necklace on Cartman's ass and they take this picture. I want to go back real quick to the Madonna book. Um, for those that don't know about this, this is an actual book. Uh, this was released in October of 1992 and this is a picture book. This is a, this is a picture book. There's no... Uh, no words to it. It is just a bunch of pictures, uh, really, of sex. That That's what it is. So, some of the people that are in this book include actress Isabella Rosalini, Big Daddy Kane, and Vanilla Ice, because, you know... Not early 90s hip-hop is Vanilla Ice. Model Naomi Campbell. Adult gay... Or gay adult star Joey Stefano. Actor Udo Kier. And socialite T -T Tatiana Desiree von Furstenberg. Okay. On the first day of its release it sold over 150 copies 150,000 copies and topped the New York Times bestsellers list it remains the fastest selling coffee table book gee I wonder why uh, though it received initially received negative reviews from fans and critics who felt Madonna had quote gone too far Later reviews have been more positive, with academics deeming it a defining phase in Madonna's career. Sex is noted for its impact on Madonna's career and is considered a bold post-feminist work. It has become one of the most sought-after out-of-print books. Uh, I think we need to take a trip to the eBay store real quick and see what a copy of that book goes for. Uh... Well, the digital book, if you want it on CD-ROM, uh, goes for $10. Uh, let's see, we have a first edition for $30. A, we have one that's a, a pre-owned for $105, or best offer. Uh, we have the aluminum hardcover, a uh, very good condition for $92.50. Uh, the metal cover... Uh, is being sold in the UK. Uh, that's going for $51.93. Uh, one is selling it for $225. So, yeah. You know, this is a rare book that I don't ever really need to see in my life. So, anyway, back to this episode. 
So they go to the sixth graders, they show the picture, and they're like, This is even better than I thought! We need to go, I need to go behind the bush. No, I'm going behind the bush. No, I get to go behind the bush first. So now the boys are set. They feel positive, they feel great that, hey, we've got the protection. Trent Boyette is not going to mess with us. So, Miss uh, Miss Claridge, she's still stuck in the crossway. Um, people are trying to help, but it's it's a funny moment, a couple funny moments because they're like, ugh, what a bitch! You got to be kidding me! So, the boys end up getting ice cream and they're feeling happy because look, Trent's not going to get us. There's no way. And then they see a big pile of bicycles. So, Trent Boyette single-handedly took out the entire sixth grade or at least the sixth grade boys we've had indian sunburns wet willy so far down the ear that it's not even funny uh second degree uh uh, uh, titty twisters i can't even say it right and then one kid got a texas uh it's like a it was like a texas chili bowl which is hot sauce and a telephone shoved up the anus. And then the head of the sixth graders tells them that you do not mess with them. They paid us out. That's the big mistake. That is the big mistake that the sixth graders made. And that's basically a message that you should remember in life, folks, if you're going to hire someone to protect you. Make sure they don't tell your enemy that you paid them. Because it will come back to bite you in the ass. So now at this point, the guys are they are feeling screwed. They are feeling screwed. They think that this is it. They're going to, you know, the pa- they're not going to ask adults. Because they're going to figure out that they were the ones that started the fire. But Stan comes up with one last idea. Her sister, or his sister, Shelly. So after being called a turd a few times, they explain the situation, and they tell Shelly that they were the ones that started the fire, not Trent. So Shelly says to them, Alright, I'll protect you under one condition. That is, you tell Miss Claridge you were the ones that set, that started the fire, not Trent. So, basic, basically what Shelly is saying is you cannot run from your past forever. You've got to confront it. So the boys find Miss Claridge still stuck in the middle of the crosswalk. And they're about ready to confess... To Miss Claridge. They are about ready to tell her they'd started the fire. But here's Trent. Here's Trent. He sees the boys. He's about to get them. And then he says some of the best stuff. He's like, I you took five years away from my life. You took five years away. I I heard the stuff that you did. There were no magical Christmas adventures or talking poo for me. 
I didn't get to fight a huge mechanized Barbra Streisand like you did. No accidental trips for uh, to Afghanistan for trampoline yet. None of it. So, Trent's about ready to go. And then Cartman pulls out a taser. It's his mom's taser. And it's like, where did you get that? So, Cartman is holding it. He's about ready to shoot. He's about ready to hit Trent. Well, he takes the shot, but it lands on Miss Claridge. And her battery charges right back up. And she starts moving all over the place. She crashes into a propane store. Then she goes into this pet shop. And there are cats that are on fire with Miss Claridge. And then she finally goes into this fire hydrant. And water just shoots up. And it just calm, you know, it basically stops the fire. So now they have Miss Claridge. They have her, they're going to take her to the hospital. And the way that they wrap her up is they take this tape and they just put like little stripes on the machine. It's ridiculously funny. So then the police ask Miss Claridge. If Trent had started this one, had he started the fire. So Miss Claridge beeps twice, saying, no, he did not. However, the police misinterpreted. They mistaken that she's saying, yes, he did. And they're like, ah, so you've come to finish the job. But he's like, no, no, they did it. And they're like, are you... Did you start it? And Carmen's like, Officer, we had nothing to do with it. So Trent gets put away again in the police car. And he's going back to Juvie Hall. And the boys are like, You know what this means? This means we've got five years away from Trent Boyette. So Cartman is celebrating and he moons Trent. Well, as soon as the car leaves, some of the 6th graders who have managed to get out of the hospital, they come out and they're like, The boobs! It's the boobs! I gotta go behind the bush! No, I gotta go behind the bush! And that is the episode (laughs) Preschool. I can tell you folks, Preschool was not like that for me. Uh, The teacher did not get set on fire. Uh, None of us played fireman. We didn't use our wee-wees to put out a fire. Uh, Our preschool was at a Catholic school, so there's no way that crap would have happened. Uh, So before I give my thoughts, how did the idea of this episode come from? For a while, the idea of doing a South Park Kids series with the boys as toddlers was tossed around. Wow, that's actually pretty interesting. Instead, Matt and Trey decided to use the concept in a flashback show. Um, you know, as much as it sounds really cool to have done a sort of like South Park Babies, um, which they would do eventually, uh, but I'll, I'll get to that in like four or five years when I get to that point. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sort of glad they didn't do it. Because I think it would take away the specialty 
of South Park from doing basically South Park babies. That's what I'm calling it, is South Park babies. So I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, overall thoughts on this episode. This is an enjoyable episode. Not the best episode of season 8, but it is a fun episode to watch. Um, it's basically the story of one kid being let go, trying to get revenge, and just when it seems like he's going to get it, he basically gets screwed out of it. Now, Trent Boyette, believe it or not, does not come back five years later. He does not come back. We have not seen Trent Boyette since this episode. So, for those of you that were hoping we're going to see Trent Boyette in 2009 South Park episodes, it just doesn't happen. But I'm not going to take that away from this episode. I enjoyed it. I'm going to give this an 8. It's a low 8, but I liked it. This is an 8 out of 10. Uh, several plots of this episode are the elements uh, come from, well, a movie and a TV show. The movie, uh, the plot is based on the 1991 remake of Cape Fear. Now, Cape Fear, this version, stars Robert De Niro as the stalker, along with Nick Nolte, Jessica Lange, oh god, Joe Don Baker, <laughs> you better run, you better hide, or he'll steal your lunch. Sorry, I got carried away there. Uh, Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck. Now, Gregory Peck was in the original Cape Fear in 1962, which happened to also star Gregory... Well, I mentioned Gregory Peck, but also Robert Mitchum. This movie was directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, the budget was $35 million. It was released on November 13th, 1991, and made $182 million at the box office. This movie would be nominated for only two Academy Awards, Robert De Niro for Best Actor for the Villain, and Juliette Lewis for Best Supporting Actress that year. So, despite it getting a lot of positive reviews, it only gets two Oscar nominations that year. Uh, Miss Claridge's motorized wheelchair is based on Christopher Pikes from the original series of Star Trek. The boys at preschool, as preschoolers, were voiced by actual children. The children's censored swearing are not actual swear words, but were instead words like big dummy. Of course, this episode is on the three-disc set of Season 8 of South Park. Now it's time to go to... IMDB and see what everyone thinks about this episode. Of 1,826 members, the average rating for this episode is an 8.4 out of 10. 407 people gave this a 10, 476 people gave it a 9, 530 people gave it an 8, that's going to be the score that I give it, and 25 people gave it a 1. 1,300 plus males uh, lend a vote in this. The average rating is an 8.4. Their highest demographic 
is under 18 and 18 to 29 were both have an average score of an 8.6. Meanwhile, the females again tend to like this uh, episode. 111 females rated this episode. The average rating is an 8.5 with its highest age group being 45 and over with a 9.3 rating. So I think it's safe to say, folks, you know, if you're looking for, uh, especially you men, looking for women 45 and over, might want to show South Park. They will like it. We have a couple of reviews. Well, actually, we have three reviews. Pardon me. So let's dive into it. This first one is from C.E. Ogre, who wrote, When watching South Park, Futurama, and Simpsons, you notice certain things that is viewable in one or two of the series. In this episode, one teacher gets hurt and has to move around in a wheelchair. When Fry is being questioned, Sap indicates one beep for yes and two for no, and when Fry answers with two, he understands it as double yes. That is exactly the same thing as one police officer does in this episode. Seems like creators of South Park like some of Matt Groening humor. These things are often short and not easy to observe, but if you pay attention, you can notice them in all three of these series. I have to admit it's a shame. They didn't continue to produce Futurama, the series wasn't lacking in popularity, but maybe it took too much resources and time from Matt Groening, who wanted to concentrate on Simpsons. Okay, thank you, C.E. Ogre. Uh, next one, we're going to go to the Gangsta Hippie, who wrote, Preschool is a fairly interesting South Park episode. It shows the boys at a younger stage and something bad they did which is now coming back to haunt them. The plot of the episode involves a bully named Trent Boyette being released from Juvie. He wants to get revenge on the five kids, Stan, Kyle, Kenny, Carmen, and Butters, who betrayed him back in preschool. The boys wanted Trent to start a real fire so they could put it out by urinating on it. Trent does so, and this causes their teacher to catch fire. The cops then take Trent away, and the boys will not fess up on the true story. The episode then involves the boys trying to find protection and run away from Trent Boyette after he puts Butters in a hospital. The episode is pretty funny, interesting, and good. Not the best, but not the worst of season 8. The final review is from Eric Stevenson, who wrote, I have now officially seen every episode of South Park. Lucky bastard. It was around season 6 that I first started watching the show. I saw practically every episode since then except this one. This tells the story of a kid named Trent Boyette who was in Juvenile Hall for years after the main characters framed him for starting a fire. Miss Claridge was injured so badly she now has to use this machine to transport herself and can only respond with bleep saying yes or no. Butters is the only kid who gets punished. I admit it's funny to imagine how one kid could have bullied all those 6th graders. I do kind of wish we would have seen Shelly defend them. The ending is still great though. Miss Claridge's machine goes haywire and causes damage to and the boys once again blame Trent for causing it. She uses two bleeps for no as one bleep meant yes. Unfortunately, the police think that means double yes. So yeah, pretty much, you know, it's it's one of those episodes, it's not the best, basically it's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's a good episode, and I think it, you know, could be an underrated South Park episode when you look at it 
in the near future. Well, before I wrap it up, let's get into the plugs. I do want to thank Joseph McDade for letting me use his music as the theme song for Sharks Pond of South Park podcast. He does have a Patreon. He puts up a new song every other week and a free song every month. You can use them for any purpose, podcasts like you're listening to right now, YouTube videos, indie movies, video games, you name it. Just give him credit. That's all he asks you to do. So if you want more info, go to josephmcdade.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97 and join our Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park, South Park podcast. If you can't find it in the, in the search bar, it's okay. I put the link in the description box for each and every episode. All right, next time around, uh, we're going to have a fun topic here because this is going to be... A special quest. No, not that kind of quest. It's a quest for ratings. That is what we'll be talking about next week on Shark's Pond. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you next week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. Boobs.